Puddles in the morning, puddles in the evening, puddles in the afternoon. Well, I'm a puddle boy and she's a puddle girl. The puddles podcast is starting real soon. Should I hit record? On Welcome my- to okay. Puddles. I've done this one other time too. Welcome oh, really? to Puddles with Andrew Collin, aka Puddle Boy, aka Dry Dick, aka Poop Pants, aka Mice, aka Old Gray Balls, aka I just want to cry right now. We had the most amazing, delightful conversation. Literally, like my favorite conversation I've had on this podcast. And you'll never hear it because I forgot to hit recording. I have one job. You know when you go to a show and the mic is off or and you're like you have one job sound man <sighs> i really want to cry we anyway. had a stellar 30 minutes that now is just for us which doesn't happen anymore if it's not recorded i mean we just had a human experience i know but it doesn't mean anything without <laughs> getting followers from it to, to recap, Andrew okay. loved my special. <laughs> he I thinks know. I'm a genius. And you were and, called titties and I was called, <laughs> And I was bullied as a child and he did his research and he asked me a lot of personal questions that now I have to relive. <laughs> so That's sad, the best dude. part. So Taylor Tomlinson's on. She has whatever special, whatever, blah blah blah. No quarter life crisis. She chose it because, like, I could just say your whole life. Her mom died young. Blah blah blah. Panic attack. Blah blah blah. And uh, now we're here. So, oh my god! Like, I really want you to say that whole thing over. I can say all of it again. I can say all of it again. Can you imagine if you just knew it perfectly because you've memorized your like. So we were talking about, so Taylor, so I guess we're getting right into, yeah, her special's incredible, for real. It's on Netflix. It's an hour on Netflix, Quarter Life Crisis. Um, Taylor recently put up a post on Instagram about panic attacks. It resonated a lot with me because I suffer from them. I'm having one right now. It's so <laughs> weird because I have like a sweater on, but short. So my legs are dry, but my upper body feels like a, like a dead seal. That's like, I don't know. I don't even know why they're wet, but I'm here. Taylor, you deal with panic attacks. <laughs> Tell me about why. This is better. <laughs> and this how is so you deal better. with them. <laughs> okay. Well, first off, um, again, thank you for watching my special. I really do appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> here, here's, here's the thing. I posted the day my special came out. Here's a new thing I didn't say on our pre-interview. Um, the day... It was maybe the week my special came out. I posted a picture that I had taken the morning I filmed of like the day I filmed my special where I did have a panic attack in the morning um, and like had to take a clonopin and I had a selfie in my phone because I started doing this thing last year where immediately after a panic attack was over, I would take a picture of myself and like save it in a folder on my phone as a way to kind of like remind myself during future panic attacks i would i would go back to this folder and look through these things and just because in the middle of a panic attack you feel like this is never going to end i'm going to die i don't feel real maybe i'm already dead 
Uh, I'm not inside my body. I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. I'm all alone. And being able to ground yourself with like grounding techniques is helpful. But something that helped ground me is looking at these photos of me after I had been through something very similar because the, the only thing that you can tell yourself during a panic attack is this will pass. And when I started going to therapy in high school, I didn't know what panic attacks were. I didn't know I'd been having them. And I didn't know what anxiety was. I didn't know much about depression. And when my therapist was like, you are insanely anxious and that is what is depressing you and what you're having are panic attacks, it, it made it so much easier for me in those moments because it, it was like I put a label on it. I named what was happening. It wasn't just me going, I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. And I can't tell anyone about this. It, it made me be able to go, okay, I know what's happening. It, it's called this thing and it will be over soon. But over the years, I mean, you keep having them as an adult and it starts to just feel like who you are. And you go, oh, I guess this is just what happens to me. This is just my personality. So for me, having pictures to look at of me and even like going back to like old journal entries that I wrote after panic attacks, that was really helpful for me to convince myself in those moments where you are so like up here and terrified that this is going to be over soon and you'll be exhausted and sad, but you'll be okay. And you'll still be intact in here. And labeling it too so much, like getting, hearing from a doctor, what, like just giving yourself a label, then you could go to your parents or you could go to your brother or your friends and be like, Hey dude, I told you something was really wrong with me. Like now it like, it kind of feels like you're justified for the behavior that you've been. And like, let's say like, I couldn't fill out a tax form because I have anxiety about form. It's like, but why do you have it? I mean, what did you, are you really that anxious? It's like, yeah, like I am like, I really am a fucking nutcase, but then people will see you when you're, when you're, you know, on stage or when you're happy at your highest and they're like, you don't really have a problem. And it's like, did you have to convince them that you have a problem, which is really yes. fucking annoying, you know? Yeah. Oh, and so many people, I mean, so many comedians, especially commented on that post or sent me texts and were like, thanks for posting that. Like I've been dealing with the same stuff or, you know, even if they just put like a heart emoji, it was a nice way to be like, okay, cool. You get it. That's why I think comedians connect on such a deep level because most of us have horrible anxiety or depression or imposter syndrome or a combination of all those things. And it's, I think really important to remember that all of us are dealing with something, whether it's something you also deal with or something you don't even understand. I mean, when my Netflix special came out, you know, there was a lot of good press and I was posting a lot of cool pictures and I was on the tonight show and all this stuff. And I know that when I've seen people post about how great their life's going, sometimes it makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. And I, I don't want to be, I don't want to make other people feel that way. And I also don't want to be dishonest. Like so much of standup is just being honest with strangers. And so the reason I posted that picture the day my special came out or the day after or a few days after was because I just wanted to put in perspective like hey I know my life looks pretty cool right now um but 
the summer leading up to filming this special was one of the most painful periods of my life. And this is all the stuff I was dealing with up until two hours before I filmed it. And it looks great. And it's <laughs> the best representation of me you will find. It, but that is me at my best. And here's me at my worst. And they are on the same day. And I, I know that when other people on social media have, have done things like that and kind of opened up about struggles they've dealt with, um, and given sort of like a peek behind the curtain, it makes me feel a more connected to them, more connected to myself and, and makes me feel like less alone in what I'm working on. Here's the thing though. It's like, if you didn't have the passion to, if you didn't like hold such a high regard for yourself for this special, would that, would your anxiety and your depression actually be less? You know what I mean? Like are the profession we have chosen tends to cause a ton of stress because, you know, we can fucking eat a dick and everyone will think we're not funny. And, and I mean, this whole coronavirus has changed a lot of like how I view everything, but um, is it worth like putting yourself through this torture? And do you think, but you were having to panic anyway. So then you're like, might as well do what I love because I'm going to have it without it. Oh, I've definitely had moments before I got on medication, which I am on now. Um, it took, you know, years to figure out a combination of meds that worked. And I gave up a few times and was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to eat really healthy and exercise and I'll be fine. And that works great. And then some days it doesn't. And you go, all right, I worked out and I got enough sleep and I called uh, my friend and I'm still going to die. So now what? And I would encourage anybody thinking about getting on medication to just do it because I thought about it for way too long. I wish I'd done it sooner. And the side effects are really rough when they hit you. And it is kind of a trial and error thing. I've met very few people who the first thing they took worked for them, but just stick with it. Cause it is a game changer. Once you find something yeah, that works. Lexapro fucked my stomach up and, uh, and my butthole to be honest. And, uh, and so then I got on Zoloft after, and you know what I thought, and you know, is that, well, it's going to change who I am. I'm going to lose my funny. I'm going to lose my creativity. I'm not going to be, um, you know, as anxious. So I'm not going to observe as well out in, out in the, in the real world because I won't notice like some small thing that I could pick apart. And you go through right. all that in your head. I'm going to be a different person. And then you take it. And then for the first week, it actually is like a little placebo. Thing. Like, is it hitting me? Am I, oh, yeah. I'm good. I'm cured. Like, am I cured? I'm not cured. And then after like a month, you just, for, you just take it. Like, it's like, you don't even realize. And it just allows your brain to shut down just enough to take things in and not go to the extremes. And it's, it's just not that big of a deal. Like I, it's just really not. And, and, um, a lot of guys especially will be like, well, you know, I'm tough. You know, there's that whole like tough aspect. Like it's weak to go to therapy. It's weak to get on drugs. It's, you know, whatever. And it's, it's not, it's like the strongest thing I think you can do. Um, yeah. You know, so I completely I mean, agree. When you yeah. went, you were saying you went to the ER one time. Cause I went to the ER three times thinking I was having a heart attack and, uh, Oh yeah. Oh and my one gosh. time thinking I was choking to death and I've told that story on here a few times, but like what, uh, what happened oh, to you? That's a nightmare. I mean, t again, to answer your question, I don't know if I did, but like the, the asking 
you asked me if it's like even worth it to do this job. There oh, have yeah, totally sorry. been yeah. No, no, no. I just thought it was a good question. There have totally been times where I was like, I don't know if it's worth how anxious this makes me. And then you said the pandemic has made you think differently about things. I wonder what has made you think differently about because it's made me like appreciate that lifestyle so much and it makes me go now I'm like, man, I'm still anxious and I'm getting enough sleep and I'm being really healthy. Granted, we are in the midst of a global tragedy. So it's like, mm, not a totally fair assessment of how you'd be doing if you stayed home all the time. But uh, it, it makes me feel like, you know, once I am able to tour again, I might handle it a little better because I'll... I, th I think there's a few things like one, who knows when this will end? I mean, yeah. your ticket sales should be better because of a Netflix special, but are you going to miss so. that window of like... Because right now you're getting millions of views. Are people going to be like, oh, that was the girl that... But here's the good thing. There's probably not going to be a lot of specials being put on Netflix because no one's making them right now. I don't know how many they have like in their back pocket ready to post. I mean, it was pretty much just you, Segur, and Burt Kreischer and, then, and Chris D'Elia. But I don't know like how many other specials. So yours will be the last one, but who knows if that wave will still be there from it. But that being said, like what it's... What, this has done for me is like I've been able to live without standup and I'm not that sad, <laughs> you know, oh. I'm not. And, um, and I really enjoy doing this. I really enjoy talking to people. I love doing the podcast. I, and, um, and I don't love traveling <laughs> so much. Like, and yeah. you know, I'm at the point in my career where it's like, I don't know what, if I'll get a special, I don't know. And I, and I know a lot of people feel that way, but like, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get to that point. And I don't even know, like you said, like, am I even going to be happy when I get to that point? Like, so all those thoughts are going away, but, and, and then like, I'm not with Nikki anymore. I'm not opening for Nikki. And that was such a big part of my life, her every single day being a part of my life. And I've realized that like, Oh, I can kind of do my own thing and be okay. Yeah. And then what that does is it doesn't make me not want to do stand up, but it makes me understand that I could be okay without it. Mm. I could be okay on my own without, you know, Nikki, which is like, I thought I was, I couldn't be. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I mean, and the other thing is like, maybe we all don't do four weekends a month. Maybe you do two or three instead, yeah. or you like set up the schedule a certain way. That's what I was doing before this happened. I was saying like, okay, I can only do two or three weekends a month. I can't do four anymore. Cause it was just too much for me. Um, cause I was getting to a point, especially like on new meds where I didn't know how they were affecting me. And again, to this day, I went to, I went to the ER a few times and one of the times there was, they did an EKG and there was something off. So that was like a medication thing. There was another medication I took that made me pass out where I didn't even go to the ER after that. That was like the scariest thing that happened. And I didn't go to the doctor. Um, but you know, cause you don't know how certain things are going to affect you. Like certain things like affected, like how my heart was beating and like, you know, again, my blood pressure got too low and I passed out. Like you just don't know how stuff's going to affect you. And I, you know, before this, I was like, I just want to take like a month off and disappear and not have to think about any of this stuff. And then this all happened. And I was like, I take it all back. I'm so sorry. 
I didn't, this isn't what I was saying. Uh, but I was also at a point where like my meds were in a good spot. I was excited to go on the road. I was excited to see how the special helped ticket sales. And like now I don't get to do that, but I am trying to get to a place where I feel the way you do, which is I don't need that thing to feel like a whole person. But every day, I mean, I'm doing podcasts and interviews and filming sketches and creating projects and like creating work for myself every day. And this is a whole different type of stress and pressure. And it's not like I'm not in show business anymore. It's just like I'm in, I'm in it in a much more difficult way now. So I still don't know how I would feel if I just took a month off and, and went back to school or whatever. But I think, I think I've read stories about, you know, people, there was one guy, there's like some, that Broadway actor who is still in a coma maybe who has Corona and he oh. had to get his leg amputated. I mean, and that took a turn. I went, <laughs> yeah, I no, mean, I'm sorry. It's yeah, not an uplifting yeah. thing, yeah. but it's like, no, I, no, think no. He's, I think he's getting better. Last I checked, but like that kind of stuff where you go, okay, there's an example of somebody who doesn't get to wake up and do the job they've always had. I mean, even like athletes and dancers, like that's, their life normally like they get into it and they know all right i got 10 to 15 years i can do this and then i gotta become a coach or a teacher or something and i go okay maybe worst case scenario that's what happens here which that's not what's gonna happen but i i try to think of do you do this with anxiety where you think of the worst possible scenario and try to be good with it of course yeah. yeah. And I'm not, and I'm not good with it. <laughs> I'm, right. not, I'm like, yeah, this plane's going to crash 100%, right. you know, but and, then I'll be dead and that might be nice. Yeah. But I'm going to feel it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. People are like, no, you just fall. It's like over before you know it. No, it's not like there's a good, there's a good amount of time where I'm going to go, this is going to hurt, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sad and I didn't, you know, ever have kids and, you know, didn't accomplish really what I wanted. Like that's going to go on you know? Right. Yeah. And then we're going to crash. I'm not going to die right away, you know? And then I'm going to float onto an Island and then probably some tribe is going to eat me while I'm just laying there dead. And then I'm not even going to die. Then they're just going to eat my legs. And then I'm going to uh, start doing stand up again on the Island. <laughs> <laughs> what, what an Olympic level of anxiety you just showed all of us. That was 10. <laughs> That was incredible. But then I like found myself. Right. You know? <laughs> After that, I needed that journey. It's like, I love when people are like, I needed that journey to get there. And it's like, what, what journey? Like you went to Paris for a weekend. Like, right. Seriously. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. W Whitney said something to me. I was talking to her like a week ago or something. And, and she said like, we can get better at stand up not doing stand-up for six months if that's what happens she's like we can you know read and develop other skills and make other content and write and all these different things and that made me feel more positive because you are so one-track minded as a stand-up at least i am where i i go like i have to get on stage and i have to write all the time and if i'm not doing those things then i'm wasting time and i'm getting worse and unfortunately we all have to feel like that right now yeah. We're just all in the same boat. Um, but she's right. I mean, we're all becoming more well-rounded people during this time because we have to. Yeah, I do. I feel like that, like, you know, when I take a couple weeks off and then I get on stage, I'm just like, 
I tell my jokes differently. They feel new to me, you know, and now everything's going to be very new. The other thing that you could probably take from this is like, okay, I could live without it kind of. So maybe I'll take different risks on stage. Maybe I'll write a different way. Maybe I'll tell the joke that I really want to tell and not the one that I think is going to work. You know what I mean? Like I find I do that a lot, you know, is like I tell the joke that I'm like, oh, this one's going to work. This one I know will work because it's relatable. It's about kids. There's a lot of parents there. Uh, That guy in row four, he's cool. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, I don't want to write like that. And that's why I love the podcast. And that's why I love like, like doing like some of these sketches and I just put them out there and like, I do these crazy dances. I'm just like stupid. And, and I, I love it because there's not that like reaction in the room of like, what the fuck? What's he doing? Cause you know what I mean? And so, yeah. but I hope to get to that point, even in front of a live audience where I'm not as concentrated on killing because I think I'll kill the other way too. It's just, taking those chances and hopefully then you can kind of learn from this that like oh i could live without it so then i could maybe try different things or do what i really want that make sense oh absolutely i mean yeah this this feels like this whole situation just feels like a really painful breakup with our normal lives and even when we get back together it's gonna be different like we're gonna have to wear masks and stuff like it's never gonna be like it was i gotta wear condoms again because i fucked like four other girls in between us but i swear i'm clean other than a few things you know yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it is and it's it's so strange that some days i'm like so crushed by depression and anxiety about everything and then other days i'm like you know what people have to pivot and develop new skills and get new careers all the time and if that's what it came down to you could do it i mean you say like oh you could never do anything else like you could and also the worst case is that it's what a year a couple years like you know there are people who take time off for themselves or you know to do other projects and they come back and they're fine there were baseball players that would go and fight in wars for four years and come back and still bat 380 so we could tell a joke we could tell a dick joke that was the perfect thing to say thank you i needed to hear that that's a great example (laughs) granted his stats would have been better if he never left You know, it's fine. This I mean, is, it is, all the know, baseball players are at war right now. I love that we both got our LaCroix all day. All day. <laughs> I have so many cases. Oh Freaking. my gosh, us too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I don't, yeah. I mean, you're living with a stand-up right now. I mean, uh-huh. and probably the most stand-up stand-up person that I pretty much know. Uh, mm-hmm. A New York stand-up, you know, gets yeah. up eight times, 18 times a night. He goes to yes. sleep on his moleskin books. You know, he's just Mr. Sam Morell. He was actually on the show a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, at least you guys have each. I think that would be a good thing to calm each other down a little bit. Yeah. Yes and no. I think we take turns <laughs> freaking out, uh, which is nice. We take shifts where some days, you know, one of us is really hopeless and the other one goes, it's going to be fine. And then the next day, the other person goes, okay, it's my turn to feel hopeless and you have to cradle my head. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think in the beginning we got like hyper productive in the first week and we were like excited to be living together because again, normally we're long distance. So we were like, oh my gosh, we get to spend like a few weeks together. That'll be cool. And then it's just stretched now to two months and now we don't know how long it's going to be. And it's like, that's the one silver lining of all this is we're like, we don't, we kind of don't know how to go back to not living together all the time. Um, but this is at the same time, such a difficult situation for, I think any couple to be in, to just be together all the time. And we're working together now. Like we started this podcast and obviously we're doing these sketches on Instagram and we're, we're being so, I think we're, we're trying to be productive with our time and energy and stay relevant and, and creatively fulfilled, but nothing is stand up and nothing can yeah. fill that void. Like absolutely nothing. And I don't care how many zoom shows I get asked to do. I'm not doing it. I don't <laughs> think it'll make me feel better. Okay. Like it's, I'm not interested in doing your zoom shows, everybody. Like, <laughs> Sam's done like one and he's like, it was fine. And I'm like, yeah, that's like the best you could say about it. There's no way those are fun. I did one and I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm done. It's uh, it's like, you're saying it to the ether and there's less people in the crowd than an Insta live. What am I doing? Yeah. And what am yeah. I like, what kind of jokes are you writing right now that are just like not Corona heavy? I mean, a lot of yes. your special was about like dating, like, kind of piece of shit guys i mean that's what it seemed to come across but i said i was actually, a piece of shit too. yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say you did turn it on yourself i i i you weren't defensive about that at all and um and <laughs> so but like now like it seems like you're a pretty happy relationship do you think not just like you know now you're happy with your anxiety and now you're happy in your relationship i mean what the fuck are you gonna write about <laughs> I mean, my new hour, I'm so pissed that I can't be touring my new hour right now. My new hour is like all about therapy. Like it is about me in therapy myself. It's about me breaking up with my ex-fiance and being in couples therapy. It's about like being suicidal. Like it's, it's, it's so much, uh, more personal than quarter life crisis. And I was excited to get into it and, see if people responded to it it's it's totally different in tone and i think this pandemic will actually help uh 
will help the material when this is over because I think people are probably doing a lot of like soul searching right now and working on themselves because there's too much time in the day to not do yeah. that. Um, and that's, that's what my new hour is all about is just all the work I've had to do on myself. And, it is uh, funny though, like when you get away from the work and like you're on the other side of it. So then when you're telling it, it's like, you don't even know that person that you're talking. So you don't even want to maybe like, with me, with therapy is like once I told the story of my parents' divorce and my dad cheating, my mom being an alcoholic, like all that stuff, I didn't want to keep reliving. I didn't want to keep talking. Like I kind of had an understanding of where I was at. So it's just funny to do material on like you're really feeling that material right then. And now we've gone through this. It's a year and a half later. And it's like you're a whole different person from even then. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much of my material still resonates because I can't remember any of it. Um, I, I can't look at pictures of myself doing standup right now. It makes me too sad. It's, yeah. it's, it, I just, I can't remember what it feels like to do it. I'm like, it, it hurts my heart to even think about doing it. And I have to just stay distracted and focused with all these other projects so that I don't get too bummed. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we're all talking about after this, because I don't think everybody's going to want to hear an hour on coronavirus. I, I think people are going to want a break. <laughs> no. no, I I was talking to Tom Segura was on the other day and we we're like, yeah, I don't want to talk about this. Everyone's gonna, it's going to be like everyone doing bits about Trump. So I don't yes. do bits about Trump. So like coronavirus is going to be the new tr Trump, I feel like. And yeah, I was like, go to John Oliver for that. That's what I was yes. telling. Like, that's how every time I say it, it is going to be funny, though, when, like, your next hour is just going to be like, not only do we have to break up, but I had to end the podcast, too. Like, <laughs> oh, no. God, I hope not. That's the funny thing is we, we would have never been this public <laughs> if it weren't for this pandemic. So, like, we got to make this work now. Uh, otherwise, yeah. there's so much <laughs> stuff to delete. Like, we're going to have to contact just, yeah. the Today Show and be like, can you take that YouTube clip down? You're going to have to delete, like, your last 60 posts. You're going to go back to, yeah. like, high school when you were, right. like, like <laughs> just as nerd and with braces, like, Cree Sam. And then now here's a picture of me. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's always kind of sad when you start taking those photos down. But it's, like, also... Yeah, maybe you shouldn't put up so many happy photos, you know? You're really setting yourself up for... Uh, I know. Like, you know what I see? Whenever I see a girl and she's looking at the camera and the guy's kissing her face, but she's not kissing back, but she's all about the... I'm like, that's that's not going to work out. I always think, think so? that I always think that relationship is going to end. Because she's no, not she about... she told him to do that. She's like, do one where you're kissing me on the cheek. Yeah. Yeah, and she doesn't care about him. <laughs> uh, yeah, you might be right. She's like, I just need a selfie where someone's adoring me actively in the selfie. Dude, I love how you go after brides, dude. The, the slow walk. That's the best you can look. Oh, my God. It resonated so much, dude. That's <laughs> my meanest joke, for sure. I get away with it because I have a round head. And people are like, okay, well, she's. You know. I love that you like still stick to the round head. Like, cause the round head at one point probably looked like a basketball. You probably had a scrawnier body, but you've like 
No, you've all, no, you were, I never you were had bigger? a scrawny nearby. This is the scrawniest I've ever been. I I was heavier in high school. You know, if I was your manager, mm-hmm. I would have, or you know what you could do that could be really funny. Uh-huh. And I'm mansplaining your career right now. No, but please. Like, while we're while we're quarantined. Andrew's pivoting. He's gonna become a manager after this. <laughs> I am a Jew. You know, I'm an old Jew with gray, and like I'm getting this. I don't know. That's a manager face. Look at that. It's disgusting. <laughs> Unless I had a girl kissing me right here, and then it'd be like uh, a girl kissing you is like the first, or the guy is like the ring on the finger. Like that's the first ring. Um, Ronda Rousey, you could do an amazing impression of her. I've gotten Ronda Rousey, yeah, which I, I'll take it. Thank you very much. I don't do any impressions. Maybe I should try. Me neither. Me neither. I'm terrible at it. I could do a De Niro. Ready? A little bit. That's pretty good. <laughs> hey, that wasn't bad. <laughs> impressions are visual. so weird to me. Impressions are weird to me. I was like, who takes the time to figure out a voice? It's, it's a creepy thing to me. I don't know. It's very impressive to me. Like Melissa Villasenor and like Chloe Fineman. Like they, I think they're so talented and I can't wrap my brain around what they do at all. It's like magic to me. What about Ronda Rousey comes in to the apartment and Sam didn't do the dishes. So you beat the fuck out of them. Ooh, that'd be fun. We can do a <laughs> choreographed fight or something. We'll have to be really good at acting. You are a good Listen. actor. Am I? I, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, all these sketches, I'm making sure my uh, my team sees uh, because it has been – none of them have seen me act really that much uh, over the years because I don't like to audition for things because a lot of times they send me auditions and I'm like, you know I'm not going to get this. Like, why would you even send me this? And then other times they'll send me stuff and I go, this is, seems feasible and I probably still won't get it, but I, I'll humor you. Um, but That's a great approach to have. Thank you. I think so. But they've like suggested, they suggested when I first like signed with my, my management, they were like, you should get some acting classes. And I was like, okay. And I looked into it. I'm like, this is such a time commitment. And no, I don't want to spend this much time with actors. And so now I'm doing these sketches and I just want to like text them every day and be like, see, it's not that hard. It really isn't. It really, dude, there's a lot of people in like big movies that never acted before. That was yeah. like their first role. And they go, actually, don't take lessons. Like, be yeah. who you are. You know what I mean? It's not like you're playing like um, an astronaut that's living with, um, you know, an ER doctor that just saw nine people die. And then you got to figure out like It's like, hey, where's the remote? Over yeah. there? Your dick small. Or, oh, I'm bleeding right now. And then it's like, okay, scene, act. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, But I mean, it would be nice to see you play. <laughs> like a like a like a french doctor you know like a dramatic role yeah i'm like if if you want me to learn an accent or something like that's one thing but i can pretend to care about something for one line you know what i mean i can say you have a phone call mr anderson i can do that shit that's great that's mad men all day I mean, you know, I could, yeah, that's what I could see too for you. You know, I'll start thinking, I'll start brainstorming and like writing things down. You know, mm-hmm. you got to write things down. <laughs> Is that what you did? Do you, do you write from, uh, do you write from stage or do you, I feel like you're pretty like, like Written. your shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I need at least an outline. I need like a few, I need a few punchlines, uh, before I'll like riff on stage. I never just go up with an idea like let's see where this goes like i'm not that person at all i'm like here are my jokes and if they go well maybe i'll 
try some stuff off the cuff. Yeah, and then that same person that's just like, yeah, I'm just going to wing it up there. And then you see him a week later doing the exact same thing. But it's like, what am I going to talk about? Oh, this right. exact thing that I knew I was going to talk about. But they I don't have a know. TV show now and you're like, what? <laughs> okay. Just, who watches TV? I love comics too. They go, no one watches TV anyways. <laughs> yes, they do. Everyone's watching TV, especially now. <laughs> what are you watching right now? We started watching, and by started, I mean we're now on season four um, of Bosch on Amazon. Uh, what a name. Sam talk about this. No, um, it just feels, episode. what is it about? It's, it's just about a detective, an LAPD detective. The first episode is like he shoots a suspect and kills him, and then he's on trial for it. And you find out like his mom was a prostitute who got murdered, and they never solved her murder because she's just a prostitute. So he's kind of like, you know. He's like a detective, but also like fuck cops a little bit. And the first season was like great. Like we were so into it. And the second season was like, it was so good, but it like took a while to get going. I felt like, and even the third season, I'm like, all right. And now we're kind of like, is this show good? Like we can't tell anymore. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good at first. And now I really, I don't know. Cause he's almost like become a caricature uh which we think is hilarious but like yeah i just see bosh with like a mustache and curly hair. it reminds me of, what's that other show that like had one name i fucking forget but House? that's what it no <laughs> it's like the name of the guy i don't know anyways i, I feel like there's a lot mustache curly hair i never watch one episode of it i don't know is bosh the name of the guy yeah it's yeah. it's detective harry bosh and they say Bosch all the time on it because people are like annoyed with him because he's going, you know, off. He's playing by his own rules. And so the police chief is always like, Bosch. Like, it's a lot of that. <laughs> you got to send that to your team, whatever you just did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what is out there um, as far as like detective dramas go. But if you can just send them myself tape, here it <laughs> the is. The same Bosch over yeah. and over Bosch. again. Bosch. 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 The, uh... Yeah, I feel like with shows, and we could wrap up soon. It's so funny that we started because I didn't record. I was like, no, hurry, get to, like, hurry, get to your anxiety and, like, the darkest things about you. And then we're going to finish off with Bosch, if that's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you just say real quick that your mom died real quick? Because you didn't say that. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, so cool. sorry. My mom died, and then I started having panic attacks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so no, back we to all Bosch. got it in there. <laughs> yeah, back to Bosch. <laughs> no but like you watch these shows and it's like it's a challenge when you get to season two and there's maybe four four seasons that you're like no i'm gonna finish this is the only thing i can accomplish so i'm gonna finish it whether i hate it or not also i've watched yeah. everything else so you know oh that's a good point i didn't even think of that but yeah on some level we'll probably just like we have to finish something so that we did something today <laughs> That's so true. There have been days like that where we were just like so low and then we like cook dinner and we're like, we did something. Like, dude, you really need to give yourself that structure. Dude, you got to be easy on yourself. It's so hard though, man. It's so hard when we're so used to being so hard on ourselves and critical of ourselves. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited to see your new hour though. Third life crisis, maybe? Third. <laughs> two, <laughs> gotta... two thirds? Two thirds <laughs> life crisis? Yeah. Oh yeah, wait. A third is... A quarter? No, it would be a th- quarter. Yeah, crisis. two. 
Yeah, well, half-life, yeah, maybe by half-life, midlife, it'd be midlife, I guess. <laughs> what am I saying? Half-life crisis. I'm so stupid. And when I get through this, I'm not going to believe I'm going to live that long anymore. And I'm like, nope, midlife crisis. I'm going to be dead very soon. Yeah, people are like, you're only 40. I just turned 40. I was like, 40 now is not the new 30. It's the new, like, 80. It's the new 85. Is yeah, man. Really? I'm going to be dead, like, in 10 years just from no, some kind of pandemic. Say- There's going to be another oh. disease. What? Why would you say that? This isn't cool. We just talked about my anxiety for like an hour. Some of it not on record, which I don't appreciate. And now you're like, well, there's going to be another virus. I mean, this isn't, this is going to take forever. And then there's going to be another thing coming. Remember when that kid called you titties in fifth grade? Remember that? Remember when we went through all your childhood trauma in depth for 30 minutes and then we had to do a spark notes version? I'm so sorry. I really no, am gonna. Right. It's, it's gonna keep me up at night, dude. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna and I'm, and then it, like you're not gonna like maybe like something I post ever on Instagram. I'll be like, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and she didn't. Ah! Really, I didn't no, record. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, as somebody who has been learning how to use so much technology that I didn't have to know eight weeks ago, um, I completely sympathize with you. All right. I, well, I won't hold that- it against you. I promise. Is that a green screen of a green screen or is that just a green screen? No, that's a green screen. <laughs> that would be hilarious if that's what I put behind me. I'm just like, this is just my studio. And it starts flickering. Bosh! Bosh! <laughs> I should have set up in front of the green screen, but I didn't. No, I like it better this way, actually, to be honest. It it's just more, seems more real, you know? It's, it's just who raw. you are. <laughs> so raw, dude. It's so fucking raw and moist, dude. It's a raw, <laughs> moisty pod. And I really do appreciate you taking the time. And again, I really did fuck up. But I don't think, I think we had an amazing episode even without it. And we actually got through a lot of the fluff, you know, at the beginning. That It's true. A lot of fluff. We got through um, all the parts that were just you complimenting me. We, we, we really got through all the parts that I do podcasts for um which are the compliments and we didn't get them on tape but that's fine because no we're getting right now okay so okay so so she has a special called quarter life (laughs) crisis it's on netflix it's fucking fantastic i hate watching stand-up i really do i cannot watch it right now for many reasons and i was able to watch your special and enjoy it and Uh i and i got a little angry because it was that good and i think that's the best compliment you could give someone I'm like, you know what? She writes too much. She's too perfect up there. Fucking no, bitch. honestly, I <laughs> I really appreciate uh, I appreciate it anytime a comic watches my special because like no comic wants to watch stand up specials. We're so dead inside. We really are. So thank you for for watching it. <laughs> We're so sad. We're really sad. But we could smile on stage just for an hour. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing so well without it. That's very impressive to me. I aspire to feel that way. Yeah, I think, um, I think, but I wasn't at a peak. I was at a peak for me, but yeah. like you're at a peak peak, you know? So you're, you're, your fall was farther than my fall, even though my fall was pretty far. I think depending on how big your fall is, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, maybe. It is strange. My special came out almost exactly a week <laughs> before everything shut down. So I, I don't even think I got to go to the top 
of my peak. I think, I think this is my peak, unfortunately. And it's happening, like you said, in this window and we'll Bosh. see. Yeah. Is me at home watching Bosch, watching my social media followers go out, go up and not being able to uh, monetize that. Well, so you need to fun. do, maybe start, well, you did, you started a podcast. You should mm-hmm. start your own too. I have my own already. Oh. You think I didn't have a podcast? I mean, not alone. I do it with the- uh, No, I'm saying talk. alone because then you don't have to split up the money and then you'll make all that money that you should be making just for yourself. But we could talk about that afterwards. Ronda yeah, Rousey- as my manager, we are going to work- on a five-point plan um, for my future. <laughs> <laughs> the last 15 minutes has been incredible. We <laughs> talked about, so what do you think about Biden? Okay, well, that was Taylor Thomason. She was great, but did he really, like, touch that girl? Anyhow, she's amazing. Quarter-life crisis. I mean, he's going to end up having to get a hearing, and he's, like, 78 years old, and, like, He's a fucking creep motherfucker. And I can't believe that's who's like going against. Anyway, so Taylor was great. Uh, where can we find you on your <laughs> socials? Uh, you can find me. Oh, God. You can find me at Taylor Tomlinson on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, self-helpless podcast. This is important to me podcast. And uh, obviously my special on Netflix, Quarter Life Crisis. Yeah, and Biden, dude. I just don't know. I mean, you know? nobody knows. It's... <laughs> We're in the middle of a white hot nightmare right now. I didn't. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. You're standing in deep, you're getting real wet. You ain't that deep because you're kind of shallow. Shallow in the brain and shallow in your heart. You'll never get that deep inside the water, girl. You'll never get that deep. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles, everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. You know when you're standing in the puddle, you don't know where to go because you're so deep, you don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, I don't know how wet I am because I'm so wet. That's who I am. I'm so wet, wet, I'm so wet. I'm so wet, I'm so, so, so wet. Now come on in. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, 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 everybody now puddles, puddles, everybody get up because you get down and then everyone will come over here. This episode of Puddles was recorded at Remember to Be Happy Studios. Production by Becky Rodriguez and Tanner Williams. That's Human Places, The Ease of Three, and Lil Kinky 69.